with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good. <clears throat> what the hell was that? Good afternoon. Good uh, evening. Guten Tag. And welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick. Gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsink. Anyway, with me, all the way from wherever uh, he is, the gold standard in uh, ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons. Good evening. Yeah, oh, it's evening there, right? It's. You're coming from my future? I am. It's just after 11 at night. Ah, that's cool. So, uh, unfortunately, we missed last week's show. A uh, bit of under the weather. So, I, I hope you're we feeling did, better. We did, but I'm yet nearly better. Wasn't COVID, just a bad case of cold. Oh, poor baby. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't actually that bad. It's just that I completely lost my voice. <laughs> well, that like, makes it hard to do the no, show. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That's why I said to you, um, you know, Generally, don't feel terrible, but I sounded like I uh, uh, couldn't talk. Had a really raw, raw throat, but hey, mm. but we're back. But we're back. Mm. Not the end of the world. No, Halloween's coming up. That's the end of the world. Yeah, according to a lot of people. Well, you know, watching the debates back and forth, I, I, you know, I don't really get it. Um, you know, Halloween is a festival over here. We enjoy it. We celebrate mm -hmm. it. Always have done ever since we were kids. But there does seem to be this weird obsession with Halloween with some people. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, Halloween, it's so much better than every other holiday. And that could possibly exist. That could possibly <laughs> exist. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's not that great. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's fun, but... The other thing is, it, it kind of we've kind of inherited all the American traditions, you know, all the um, pumpkins and corn dollies and everything, pumpkin spice tea and flavored now. Mm -hmm. And that's not how it used to be traditionally. We used to do traditional things like we didn't have pumpkins, so over here in the UK we used turnips um, as our lanterns, jack o' lanterns. And then the traditional um, games on the night didn't involve dressing up as horror movie characters. No. Um, <laughs> it just didn't. I mean, dressing up wasn't on the cards. Um, but it did involve games like bobbing for apples or apples tied on strings. Oh, Steve, I wanted to ask you, and I'm so glad you brought this up, is there was a, some kind of a crazy-ass game that the English used to play where they would light stuff on fire and it had something to do with raisins. Uh, what was the name of that thing? Oh, oh, God. Oh, shoots. Do you remember it at all? Uh, well, no. <laughs> um, certainly, I never played it. Um, mm. 
So it doesn't ring any bells it's, for me. It's bugging the hell out of me. I'm going to go ask you, and she's in the, ro- the other room. So go talk okay. for a second. Well, yeah, all right. Then I'll just go talk for a second while uh, while Ron goes into the other room and asks St. Jan. But yeah, I mean, what I was saying is that Halloween in the UK, it's actually it's interesting because the Halloween tradition that America has is imported from Ireland. It went over with the Irish immigrants, um, but still using turnips. And then later on, of course, the, the pumpkin and the pumpkin patch, which is more Native American. Um, what is Native American? The pumpkin. Oh, it is. Well, the whole of the Halloween tradition of dressing up and the, the sort of um, trick-or-treat mm. really was imported into America from Ireland by Irish immigrants. Makes and then sense. now... And now it's been kind of exported from America back to Ireland and the UK as this Americanized version of Halloween, um, you know, where everybody dresses as movie characters and horror characters or cartoon characters. I mean, you've been to Salem, you know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas over here, we did, we never did the dressy up. Uh, Halloween was a single day event with no home decoration. You would, during the day, um, when we came home from school, sometimes at school, we would we would hollow out a turnip and we would carve a, a grotesque face on you it, would. put a candle inside it, um, and then, you know, we'd eat the insides. Um, and then, usually with mash, so you'd mash it, cook it, mash it, mash it with, put it with ma- uh, boiled potato and um, and then you would you would have a bowl or a bucket full of water and you would throw apples into it. And then you would try and fish the apples out with just your teeth. That was apple bobbing or duck apples. Mm-hmm. Or you would tie them across the room on a, on a string and try and catch them in your mouth. Yeah. Um, and then you would have toffee apples, maybe, you know, hot dogs. And that was Halloween one day. Okay. I found it. It's called Snapdragon. Never heard of it. It's English. That doesn't mean I've heard of it. Oh, my God. What kind of an Englishman are you? A traditional one. You better describe this to me because... I am. I am about to do it now. I had to, you know, bring the page. to our uh, listeners. uh, How to play a fiery Victorian... Oh, it's a Christmas game. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's a Christmas game. Uh, I actually saw it on, I believe it was uh, Midsummer Murders or one of those. Okay. But uh, come on, give me the give me the details here, girls. Uh, oh God, they never give you the right thing. It's it's pretty pretty uh, hairy, actually. I don't know how they let their kids. In 19th century Christmas looked a little different. Uh, for holiday fun, revelers in the United States and England scared their friends with ghost stories and told yeah. fortunes, played boisterous games. One such game, Snapdragon, is really part of anyone's Christmas these days. After all, it involved pulling sweet raisins from the puddle of flames. Uh, yeah, this is pretty cool. So, so I'm guessing here that they would they would set fire to brandy. Uh, yep. And then they would pluck the raisins 
currants, grapes from the great from the blazing brandy. Yep, perfectly guessed. That's what exactly what it is. Well, I mean, we have that. I mean, we do set fire to our Christmas puddings without burning it. Uh, yeah, well, you don't because it's actually um, when we set fire to the pudding, which is a, a tradition over here. Mm-hmm. You you get the Christmas pudding and then you pour uh, very hot brandy over it and then you light the fumes, the the vapors. So it doesn't actually burn anything because it's burning above the layer of the brandy. Well, this is actually it lights up. I mean the whole, yeah. the whole thing. I mean you get this you get this flame over the top of it, but the flame itself doesn't actually burn the object because it's not in contact with the object, it's the vapor from the hot brandy that's burning. Yeah, it says the origins are a mystery. We do know that Snapdragon was played by Elizabeth England. Uh, Shakespeare mentioned the similar game in his plays with characters referring to Flapdragon. Uh, references to Snapdragon appear in literary works as well as uh, from many writers, including Lewis J. Carroll and uh, Charles Dickens, Samuel Johnson, his groundbreaking English dictionary, first published in 1755, uh, wrote that when it came to snack dragons, fire engulfed raisins, and the quick could pull them, what could put them blazing into your mouth? <laughs> what? Those well, who were, well, I, were, I'm sure, I, were burned by the flames. Well, I've eaten flaming Christmas pudding. Uh, it's it's kind of like you just shove it in uh, you know it's it actually burns at quite a low temperature because it's it's just the alcohol burning off the brandy mm. so yeah. it doesn't really burn mm. okay. i mean if you mess about with the flame it's a naked flame so it will you know it's it's hot enough to burn yeah it's a blue but it, flame but it extinguishes really really quickly hmm so you don't really burn, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's it was kind of like you just do it, and it just doesn't, you know. Yeah, like, kids, kids do it while they're yeah, trying to it's watch. Yeah, like, it's like it's grasping weird. a stinging nettle. If you do it gently, it stings, and if you grab hold of it really hard, it doesn't sting. Hmm. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe we'll play that at uh, Spirit Quest next year. There know. you go. Do that then. Yeah, see see how many people get torched. <laughs> well, all you need is like a flask of brandy and Anne Carrigan just set light to her. Oh, she's got the flask of brandy, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so I was looking at... Uh, do Americans do bobbing for apples? Yeah, that's a that's a tradition. Bob and yeah, I was going to say that would have come over with the English anyway. Yeah, so. yeah. Bob and Parappas is is definitely something you do. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know where this tradition of dressing up as you know movie characters, horror movie characters. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, we did we dressed up as whatever we made. We didn't go out and buy costumes, but people buy costumes nowadays. We made well, our own costumes. By by Halloween, which was 31st of October, we was kids when I was growing up, we were obsessed with the 5th of November, which was, you know, just a few days later. And by which far, that? that's bonfire night. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, and that was by far for us growing up the bigger of the two celebrations. Oh, yeah. Remember, it, remember the 5th of November. Yeah, yeah. It, it was fireworks. It was a lot more fun. Um, but in, rec in recent years, it's been supplanted by Halloween. I think I think there's a political decision in there because, you know, people don't like fireworks. And we get these moaning people going, oh, Peter. Peter. Upset. Mm. Huh? Peter people? Yeah. Peter? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, oh, dear. It makes our doggy really nervous and we have to give the doggy medication. They have sweaters now that you put on your dog that makes them feel good. And it's it ridiculous. doesn't scare them. It's ridiculous. It's like a hug. So it, it, it may, supposedly it doesn't scare them. You know, I don't remember dogs and cats or, you know, you were told keep your pets indoors. Yeah, um, which makes sense. Which makes sense. But apart from that, I know I've we've got cats. We've always had pets around the house, and I've never seen a neurotic one yet. And I think it's the owners that are neurotic, and the pets are just picking up on the neurosis, <laughs> if I'm honest. And it's the same. I mean, every year, in a couple of weeks' time, it will be the same, because there'll be the fireworks will be on sale in another week, and then there'll be some kids that will set them off a, a few days early, or a few days after the 5th, because if the 5th falls on a midweek, we usually do, you know, the, the closest weekend of before or after. Oh, really? And then you get all these moaning minis going, oh, who, who set off fireworks in the village at, at 9 o'clock last night? My dog was, it's been on medication now for the last week because of it. It's like, oh, grow a set. Anyway. Uh, can't, can't be doing with it. It's so do, when you your Halloween, do, do they do mischief? Oh God, yeah. Mis well, in Wales, it was mischief night. Um, mm. You know, and in the Celtic sort of fringe of the United Kingdom, so Wales, Cornwall. You know, they did. They they had this uh, in Wales. There is a tradition of um, going door to door with. Um, it's basically a horse's skull on the end of a stick, and uh, kind of like I'm sure you've seen the movie. The, the movie, um, oh, what's it called? Get me. Set on Summer Isle with Christopher Lee. What's and, Oh God, I can't remember the name of it now. Okay, you're like me and my uh, Snapdragon. I couldn't remember that either. <laughs> oh, it's a, a, the, the Wicker Man. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, that's kind of what Halloween was like in the Victorian era. You know, people would um, dress, they would dress up, but not as movie characters, and they would be, there would be this horse's head on the stick, and people would dance and, you know, play mischief on one another. Uh, the tradition of trick-or-treat. You know, they have like those those festivals with the straw men and everything and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of people are druids now, but I thought pretty much the druids were had died out. They just like... Well, they real, died out 2,000 years ago. They're not real druids. They're just picking no, of course up. Not. I mean, historically, to be historically accurate, there aren't any druids because the Romans killed them all 2,000 years ago. On um, the island? On the island of Anglesey. The the Romans, you know, the Druids were all uh, painted in their blue woad, stark naked, um, painted from head to foot in this blue dye called woad, taunting the Romans. The tide went out, 
Um, and, yeah, and the Romans uh, waded over and killed them all. Yeah, and that was the end of the Druids until the 19th century, when Druidism was rediscovered by, you know, people that like getting naked and painting each other blue. <laughs> and and and, oh, and then, yeah, and then you get this tradition in the 1960s of Gardnerian witchcraft and coming back and uh, yeah. You know, and, and then it sort of all melds together into this modern new age paganism. And and they say, you know, oh, our, we have traditions going back thousands of years. Well, you don't. You don't. Your traditions go back a couple of hundred if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can thank the Romans for it not going back any further because you, they killed them all. I mean, the Druids were the priestly class of the ancient Britons. And Anglesey was a, um, and it's a place where we've broadcast from and we'll be doing so again next year. Um, Maybe I'll be with you. And it was the priestly class. And that's where, you know, that was where they had their headquarters. It was a holy island for the population. Um, So you'd see any druids walking around while you're there? No. I've seen plenty of pagan, modern pagans wandering. I, we, Anna and Winsper and I used to go a lot to uh, the summer solstice celebrations at Stonehenge and Avebury, the big oh, yeah. stone circles. And there you see the modern druids, and they are. There were some. Some of them were really very memorable um, in their interpretation of modern druidism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of I mean, them were, were carted off by the local constabulary. <laughs> Do you think, I mean, it's just, it seems like we like to, you know, grab something from the past and, and make it cool. You know, it's like, oh, we did this, so this, this is cool. So, you know, like, uh, you know, it just seems that way we tend to grab it, like the Druid stuff, like witchcraft here in the United States. Although witchcraft in itself, I don't think really ever died out. I know Strega uh, was practiced throughout the centuries. I know in some of the European, Eastern Europeans, especially witchcraft. You've also got to remember that witchcraft gets itself sort of muddled up with folk medicine. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Steve. You know, up up until the 1940s here in the UK, we didn't have a national health service. Mm -hmm. And so you relied on um, for coughs, colds, and many, many other, you know, even quite severe illnesses on a local wise person, a person, you know, who who knew the folk remedies. Um, and they were often, you know, even in New England in the 16th, 17th century, were labelled as witches if you, if you upset them a little bit or they upset you a little bit. Um, yeah. And, you know, they, Salem being a classic example. And once that hysteria takes hold, but of course nowadays it's very friendly, uh, very you know considered very popular to identify as a witch of some description. Yeah. And there, there are many branches of witchcraft, aren't there? You've got white witches and black witches and head witches and sandwiches and all manner of <laughs> other. Yeah. Um, you know, and you go into any any Barnes and Noble or Waterstones here in the UK, and there are the, the shelves are groaning under books about witchcraft. Mm. You know, really sure in a witch and all this sort of stuff. Isn't and I, I'm still resentful um, of the spirit quest that 
where you wouldn't let me do the experiment. Which um, experiment was that? Which was burning how much energy? No, mm-hmm. how much energy do you get from burning a witch? Yeah, there you go. You know, we just need. I mean, Kelly was up for it. Yeah, there you go. To like explain the details of it. Mm. I was still waiting for you to change that goat into a little boy. <laughs> that that wasn't me. That was Harry. No. Oh, okay. I thought you were the incarnation of Harry Price. No, 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 no. We share we share some things in common. Mm. A lack of hair being one of them. Yeah, but I mean, we said we tend to grab that thing. They seem to be checked. They seem to be in mode. I mean, I mean, you can say the same thing quite honestly about ghost hunting and about psychics. You know, you know, I got in trouble one well, time. We should burn said, Everybody's everybody's a psychic. No, we're gonna burn ghost hunters or psychics. This is nothing. That'd be too big or a fire. <laughs> do you know? Do you know that I I saw this stat. The and this is 19, 19 I mean twenty nineteen. Okay, so it's four years ago. Psychic industry is a two billion dollar industry. Now, to be more than that, be a lot more trillions of dollars, I reckon. Oh, now, yeah, but yeah, back then it was two billion according to the thing. I wouldn't be at all. Well, why are we surprised? You know, but I mean, deep down, it's. I've always thought it's kind of like just people not wanting to take responsibility. When people go to psychics for a reading, and I'm not talking about communicating with the dead, yeah. but there are there are a range of standard questions that they always want to know. Will I be rich? Will he stay? Will he stay with me, or will he come will back get to married? me? Mm. You know. Um, and there's a whole range of traditions based upon yeah. finding a husband or a wife. Oh, uh, yeah. But, you know, these are like, they're all related to money and relationships. And then you've got the third category of is my deceased ancestor, relative, neighbor, friend, mother, father, etc. Mm. Uh, have they passed over successfully? And, mm. and that's what the gallery platform mediums uh, I mean, that's their bread and butter. Yeah. I mean, they, it's 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 it just blows my mind. I remember I had a a a medium who was really famous, and now she won't speak to me at all because I said everybody's a psychic, and uh, <laughs> it kind of ticked her off. So now she doesn't speak to me at all. But she will be. But I mean, isn't that one of the things they always say? We all have the ability, but we you've got to take my classes so that you can train it. You know? Um, yes, that's quite common. Along mm-hmm. with the uh, you are psychic, but you don't yet know it. Oh, I like that one. That's that's a common one mm. um, that, that you encounter. But it, it, one of the things I've said in the past is when you go to, when you have a medium on a ghost hunt, and they, I mean, that's a very modern thing. That really only started with Most Haunted. Mediums, you just never, psychics and mediums generally, with very few exceptions. And well, didn't effect. Harry Price use them at Borley? I was going to say, no, he didn't use them, but they turned up one day um, to do a ghost investigation oh. um, at Borley mm. um, and an exorcism that failed. Mm. Um but they were almost never seen in the ghost, uh, you know, in, in, in the investigation of haunted houses. Yeah, they, you know, be, because why would they? 
they mm-hmm. could, you know, they sat in their nice warm parlours and communicated with the dead. They didn't need to look for ghosts because they already knew that they existed anyway. So mm-hmm. what purpose was it? Um, there were a couple, as I've said, there was one at Borley, there was one or two others in the literature, but they were incredibly rare until 2000 with most haunted coming along and of course you know ghost hunting is relatively boring so you get a medium to say he's over there if he he's a bad nivy he's a murderer he's a murderer Mary loves dick and all and that's you know that was for entertainment but what it did do is very very quickly afterwards within weeks afterwards a whole like weeds on a on a gravel path all these paranormal groups popped up and many of them had a resident psychic uh, or a resident sensitive mm-hmm. amongst their midst because why not? It's revenue, it's money. And one of the things that you often heard was during the evening, the medium would go round and they would give people a kind of taste of reading. Mm. Um, um, you need to come see me. You need to make an appointment. Or they would give them some detail and say, um, but, um, you know, it's not the right environment for me to give you all of the information. So uh, this is my card. And I only charge $30 an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when, when, a, when an investigator, a serious, sensible investigator, went along to a haunted house, they were there to try to understand the phenomena. When a medium went along to a haunted house, they were there very much to sell themselves. Fair enough. That was, you know, that and that is still the essential difference. They, they, they wrap it up with all sorts of, um, you know, well, although I'm a medium, I don't really believe in my powers or my favourite is, I'm a skeptical medium. Skeptical medium. I love that. Either you're a medium and you're not a medium. What do you mean you're skeptical yeah. medium? Or I, I'm a science. I approach everything with a scientific skeptical viewpoint. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that's an oxymoron. I know it. <laughs> Bless him. Anyway. Bless him. Yeah. Anyways, we've got to take a break. We're coming up. Uh, I want to uh, thank all our Patreon members. Uh, who you know help support us and including our numbers newest one Kemba uh, who just joined uh, not where she know where she's from but uh, Kimber so welcome aboard and I want to thank uh, Quinn Doobie, uh who by the way we, her husband will be on our next show for a, a jump on because he's kicking off a new campaign of kill Jessica kill so there you go Anyways, uh, yep, we are brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glad Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Nether, Massachusetts. And as I said, our good friends on Ghost Corner Girls Radio on Patreon. We'll be right back after the following messages here on Toad
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978 978- Four five five six six seven eight. Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town where nothing is a common occurrence. You going to that party in town tonight? Heck yeah! I only turned 18 once. That is until the night of celebration. Where the hell is she? Oh, no. No, 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 Jessica! What? From the creators of Shadowhunters, bite me, comes a tale of primal terror. Grind Call Mayhem. Shadow Hunters. Kill Jessica. Kill. if you survived that ad break this is the second half of the first half of tonight's two hours ghost chronicles double edition with the next generation following the international which was this which is this one and the host for both of them is new england's own van helsing but the co-host for this one isn't because it's me i know i am lucky not worthy uh you are fortunate indeed especially mm. after last week's bout of and especially after seeing that bloody picture on Facebook? I mean, yeah. What do you mean? Cameras don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get my own back now. Do you do you remember where that's from? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Go on then. Remind me. Remind me. No, no, no. You can guess. I give you a no, guess. No, no, no. Because you, it's obviously I you get, took it. I, I give you a hint. It's a castle. Is it Hammond Castle? Oh, good guess. You must be psychic. Perhaps I am. $30 an hour. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's anyway. So check it out. And if you want to hear more about what the hell that crazy... Trailer. Yeah, what was that? I mean, I was stunned by the sound effects. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to find out more about it, tune in. Oh, mother, don't! But it was the chicken in the background that then got me. What was she doing with the chicken? I don't know. I got to find out all this. It'll all be revealed in the next show at 7.30. So, Steve, I, I hate, to, you know, I you know, this is... 
the ghost chicken of uh high what was it high what was it high cliff or something what was something it? like that something like, in illinois no 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 you're you're London. oh no no it's not a ghost chicken we've got a ghost headless duck no you got a ghost duck you got a ghost chicken yeah, we've got a ghost chicken, but the one I remember most is the headless duck. The oh, ghost yeah. of a headless duck. Didn't you hear the whole thing about uh, who invented frozen food? No. Oh, God. I, Wasn't so, it Captain oh, Bird's Eye? So Walter Riley, uh, yeah, I know he was the one that's getting credit for it, but so Walter Riley, I think, one of them, there's two famous English dudes are out in the cabbage rides in the winter, and they're going through the uh, park and uh, Hyde Park or someplace in, in London, and they see a killer chicken or a single chicken, and one of them takes it. He says, "I think this will, we can freeze it, and we'll be able to eat it later." And he did. I. It's a whole story, but unfortunately, he's the one that invented frozen food, and he eventually I'm died of salmonella. And he eventually died of pneumonia, by the way, in that little incident. I thought you were going to say he died of salmonella poison. I, I, I brought that up on the morning show one time. It's, it's a cool story. And, and supposedly that you can see that chicken. He's running around. Uh, and high, I don't know where it is. You, you know London. Is there a Hyde Park or high something in London? There's a Hyde Park in London, yes. Yeah, Hyde Park. Probably Hyde Park. That's where it is. It's looking for the ghost chicken of Hyde Park. Oh, damn it. They're going to make that, Google I've walked you. through Hyde Park on many occasions. Did I you see a ghost chicken? No. Damn it. But then again, I've been to look for the ghostly headless duck, and I haven't seen that either. No? Maybe I'm just not psychic enough. Well, you are. You're not rich enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. If you were rich enough, then you would... Uh... And you need to be rich enough these days. God, oh, the way that things have gone up in price. Mm-hmm. Car insurance up 45%. Is it really? Yep. Apparently that's something to do with COVID. Huh? Don't ask, don't ask, don't ask me how, huh? but apparently it's something to do with COVID. Well, apparently during COVID, of course, nobody drove. And so a lot of cars were taken off the road and a lot of insurances weren't paid. And the insurance companies are now short of profit so they put the profit they put the uh, premiums up by 40 45 percent okay gotta make a buck all right yeah that's the excuse this year uh, okay the high gate high gate it's called high gate chicken ghosts uh it was one of the oldest ghosts to haunt our shores the phantom frozen chicken uh story goes back to uh, April of 1626. During a bitterly cold spring, Sir Francis Bacon was driving through Pond Square in a horse-drawn carriage with his friend, Dr. Witherbone. Uh, they were discussing alternative methods of preserving food uh, other than salting. Perhaps it was the fact that the day was so cold, but Bacon suggested that maybe uh, refrigeration could be used. Dr. Weatherbone laughed at the uh, preposterous idea. Bacon decided to test this theory. Then in the, uh, there were several farms at Highgate. Uh, and he went out and he bought a chicken, killed it, cleaned it, and packed it in snow and put it in a, a, a large sack uh, with more snow around it. It was the world's first frozen chicken. Was it? 
that's according to him. Uh, whether the experiment was a success or not, alas, poor Bacon probably never knew. He caught a chill from running around in the snow and soon turned into pneumonia. And on April 9th, 1626, the man who said, it's natural to die as to be born, did just that and was buried at St. Michael's Church. In- well, why isn't his ghost running around? I don't why know. Why is it the chicken? Because there are, no, that can't be right. Yes, it is. Fro- yeah, but refrigerated uh, frozen chilled food pre-exists that era by a long margin. Guys, yeah, it says the first frozen chicken, so I don't know anything about it. Oh, it might that. be the first frozen chicken. Yeah. But uh, uh, soon after these uh, these occurrences took place, there were reports of a semi-plucked chicken having been observed running circles or at or, or in the pond and also seen to vanish in the lower branches of a nearby tree. When anyone approached, it would go into thin air. It would be reasonable to assume it was some kind of April Fool's joke. But uh, air, but during the Second World War, air ones often saw the fowl. One of them even tried to capture it, and they vanished through a wall before he got anywhere near it. About the same time, someone uh, was in Pond Square. They heard the sound what was an invisible coaching horses. <laughs> And stop, and he saw a chicken with half the feathers going. Recent sightings, ah, ghosts have been seen, the ghost chicken is seen in January of 1969 and ni- again in 1970. Wow. Cool. cool. So there you go. Well, the, you live and learn. And this is, uh, the source is Real British Ghosts. Yeah, there's a lot of those types of sources. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But it's, yeah, that's always been one of my favorite. That's why. Uh, it, it's, it's an amusing story, how true it is. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I, uh, uh, over the weekend, I picked up a book about West, West Whalian folklore. Um, oh, cool. a, re, a, re, a reader copy. I already had an original copy, but mm-hmm. fragile. Um, and so I was able to flip through this book and look. It, it's all full of the, the customs and folklore of West Wales, where I live. That's kind of cool. Uh, well, no doubt you'll be asking me about, in fact, as we get nearer, we'll maybe do a show on Halloween traditions um, but or Christmas traditions. But what's interesting for me is there's a whole section on ghosts. And if you, I mean, I, I live in West Wales. I'm fairly well acquainted with the modern ghosts. And uh, what was interesting is how few of the modern ghosts were recorded uh, in 1911 by this historian. There are some, uh, but not as many as obviously we have today. And some of the more notable ones don't exist at all. And it's always, I always find it interesting to, to try to trace back to the origins of these ghost stories. You know, when did the ghost first start appearing and to whom? And when was it first documented and recorded? Um, and, you know, then you compare that to, I mean, there are there are cases, you know, even locally now where castles have, which only had traditionally one ghost now have many. So, you know, ghosts are being freshly created or stories of ghosts are being freshly created all of the time. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I don't understand that at all. Uh, well, I do because, you know, when, well, let's take Pembroke Castle because when I moved out here 16 years ago, there was a ghost. It had a ghost. Um, when I was there last year, the historian who runs the ghost walks um, and there have been a number of paranormal teams gone along, the castle now has over 30 ghosts. That's a lot yeah. of ghosts that, that have remained hidden um, all these years. Well, you know, you know what they say, you know, they ghost the track. Once you get ghost tours, then the more ghosts come in. And then the, you get mediums who wake up some of the dead ones that have been sleeping so gently. And, and then people bring their own ghosts and drop them off to, to babysit. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, I understand. That would be an idea, like a ghost crash. Yeah, yeah, you know. You bring you, your ghost to, you know, if you, yeah. Are you troubled by, by phantoms? Then drop off your ghost with us and we'll give it a new home. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll take care of him. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. He'll be with his own kind. That'd be nice. <laughs> oh, do you know what? There's a what? British television series over here. It's a comedy series called Ghosts. Yeah, we have it uh, over here. Only a different one. Yeah. Uh, we well, have the, we, we have the American version of it. Yeah, we now have both over here in the UK. And mm -hmm. this week we've just finished watching the last of the last ever episode um, of oh. the series here in the UK. Mm -hmm. So I was a little bored and a little unwell, so I decided to put Ghosts USA on. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> the, it's it's the same script. Um, but it doesn't translate well. It doesn't seem to work. We we steal a lot of your radio, your TV shows. Yeah, but the the jokes and the punchlines don't work um, in the American context. Do the, is it exactly the same script, or I mean, they use the same language and stuff, or is it? I mean, uh... it, it's not word for word the same, but it's yeah. the same theme. Um, because one of the ghosts is um, in the British one, which I'm sure you've seen. There's a caveman who's been a ghost for a long oh, time. Oh, that's cool. We got the Vikings. There's, um, there's a World War Two soldier. There's a no, we don't uh, have that. An 18th century poet. There's a woman who was burnt as a witch. You've got all the plague victims who live in the cellar. Um, and we have that. You have a full range of ghosts, mm -hmm. you know, right, right through the ages. But America, when they did, when they translated it for the US, you've got um, a modern guy who died with his pants off. Yeah, you've got um, a revolution, revolutionary period. The boy, the uh, yeah, the Boy Scout with the arrow through his neck. Yeah, uh, the Native American um, who. And but it doesn't translate as well. The humor, I don't know why. You know, it's similar jokes or the same jokes, but it just doesn't seem to work. Well, watch it through. See, it might grow on you because when I first saw I've it, I've watched the whole series of it now, and it's just oh, you like, have? Oh, okay, yeah. interesting, Terry. All right, no, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I, I, have, I have the, not it, seen it, the British one, so I it can't might be the characters, it might be the characterization. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't mean the historical characters, but I mean the actual, um, because do you, are you aware of a series called horrible histories? No, not really. Well, this is, a, it was aimed at children and it mm -hmm. was, 
kind of breaking up world history into um, the horrible bits that kids love, you know, but with done with humour. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the same writers and cast that were involved in all of those that did Ghosts. And it, oh, it cool. and it, it, it's you know the boys love it, Cat and I love it. We love watching the series, and there are some really funny moments in it. But it doesn't translate when we watch the American one, and it might be a cultural thing. It might be, you know, like the Americans might hate the British version of it. I don't. Uh, but it just doesn't seem to work for us Brits. Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I you know I believe British TV is far better than American TV. You, you don't have to. Yeah, but we we spend so much. Well, yeah, but all of our ghost programs here in the UK, with one or two minor exceptions, are the are imported American ghost shows. That's a shame. You know, we we don't make new British ghost programs very often in the UK, and when we do, they're not very good. Um, you know, because didn't, they copy. You have, wait a minute! Didn't you have that one that with the? Uh, who was that guy that did it? Uh, he's a famous guy. I think it's from Most Haunted. But he, he just did one in Europe or something. I forget what the name of it was. The History Hunters or something like that. Uh, ah, crap. Well, I, um, but uh, they, yeah, you have a few couple real ones. but Yeah, but that, I mean, they are incredible. I mean, if you 80, 90 percent of uh, the, the channels at the moment that are showing ghost hunting programs or paranormal themed television as we come up to Halloween. Are all imported American shows like Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, um, you know, all of the uh, you've got those guys that, that blow ghosts up occasionally and all say yeah. prayers beforehand. Yeah. And, you know, it's like mm. and that plays out directly into the ghost hunting community because you see them replicating these these methods that they see on television. Agreed. Um, Agreed. And, you know, whereas back in the day, people would slavishly copy the antics of um, Most Haunted. Mm-hmm. And then they would, you know, they, they some of them transferred their allegiance to Jason and um, Grant. Oh, yeah. Now you've got this generation of Zach wannabes. Hmm. You know, armed to the teeth with $1,000 ghost boxes and bits of, you know, kit. You look at some of the kits, though, it's unbelievable. Uh, The cost of it is unbelievable. Tell you, I saw an advert this week for um, uh, some bit of ghost hunting tech that's just about to launch. $1,000. I know, it's it's crazy. I mean, all they do is add more lights to it and more little stuff to it that's it doesn't uh, i don't know i mean well that's it a row of christmas lights a few candles and uh, that hmm. old radio and those guitar effect pedals that were that you found in the thrift store you too can repurpose it into the latest evp box make a limited edition of 16 of them number them and some crackpot will give you a thousand dollars for it that's true especially now anybody can make them with these uh 3d printers they have so Oh, you've got up the steampunk gothic, though. Yeah, well, you can do that. Anything with this 3D printer, which is the sad part about it. I mean, and they all have, like, they're going into this, 
thing with more and more elaborate trigger objects. You know, back in the, the day, large trigger objects were simple. They were ordinary things. Crosses, crucifixes, crosses, and coins. Coins, yeah, simple the occasional, things. Uh, the occasional kid's toy. That people would know about in, at that time period or whatever. Now we got all kinds of electronic thing, boo bears and uh, well, we can blame we can blame paranormal our pussy and all that stuff. Well, you know, I don't mind a bit of paranormal pussy, but um, <laughs> you can blame Cody and and you know our friend Cody Desbian um, for his cat toy. Um, you know, it's used all of, all over the place over here. Yeah, it's everybody just, uses it. Well, I'm going to in a few weeks' time be running an asset training event at Skelton Manor. Uh, oh, the cat toy been there? No, oh. <laughs> it won't. Not by us. But the curator, what I was talking to her uh, a week or two ago, and she was saying that, you know, occasionally groups leave stuff behind. Mm. They said her office desk drawer is full of these cat toys. Ah. Absolutely full of cat give, toys. Give it to the SPCA. <laughs> they can use it. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on, people. Yeah, they're very popular now. You know, it's, you know what's self-respecting? You can imagine the ghost, can't you? It's like. Murdered hundreds whilst alive, got executed, and then, oh, look, look, a flashy ball. I will play with the flashy ball on the floor. Because that's, that's just what I want to do. Keep your ghosts amused for hours. You don't need to take them to Pembroke Castle any longer. You just throw them a cat toy that ball. And, you know, I mean, even our cat gets bored with it after five minutes. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I mean, people want to believe so bad that, you know, anything that they get, I mean, it's, well, I'm sure you've seen that the lights will dim because the heat furnace went on in an investigation and people are like, oh, who's the ghost? You know, can you do that again? Boom, no, because we have it, No, no, we have modern central heating over here in the UK. Yeah, but we have we it here too, but the circuit. We don't have a, we don't have the furnace in the basement that they have in all American horror films. <laughs> No, but I mean, they, you'll have the lights that dim from uh, when, the, when the furnace goes on, the air conditioning goes on, it'll, it'll dim the lights sometimes. Air conditioning. This, air conditioning. This is the United Kingdom. We're but I'm, I'm telling you here, it's not about England all yeah, the time. Yeah, we just open the window. Mm. The only thing that's got air conditioning in is Yeah, you were complaining last summer, that's for damn sure. Oh, it's so hard. I can't do it. We don't have air conditioning. I know. Do you know? Do you know what the biggest problem was? It wasn't the lack of air conditioning. It was the fact that we've got indoor cats, and if we'd open the windows as we normally would do, the little buggers would have run away. Don't you have screens to keep them in? No. No. Okay. No. Fair enough. No, it's not allowed. It's probably, it's probably an English invention. I mean, American invention. What's Oh, very much an American invention. We just let the house fill full of flies and blue bottles. Ah, there you go. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, people like, like I said, they have the lights in them that do it. Oh, one of my favorite, and I got in big trouble for this. And, and, uh, there's a surprise. Yeah. It, in fact, I get in trouble from Maureen who we were writing a book. And, uh, a, a friend of hers had posted a video from Waverly Sanitarium about because it's supposed to be haunted by this little kid. So they would take the ball and they would throw it down the, the alleyway and it would come back. And it's like, oh, God. So I went down and says, you know how that anybody can do that. So I took the, the ball and all you had to do is if you put the right spin on it, 
you got to put the, the reverse motion in. It's going to go out as far as the inertia, and then it's going to roll back. It's, it's, yeah. Every cricketer, every kid that played cricket, rugby, or, yeah, mm. put a bit of backspin on the ball. Yeah, it's, it's, it's obvious, but, you know, but they want to believe so bad that it's, it's got to be. One of the best ones I, I ever thought. Wait a minute. It's, it's evidence, too. It's proof. That's what even kills me. Well, it's evidential, more. yeah. Um, one of the best things I ever saw was the, uh, a group who would throw a ball down a corridor um, and then the ball would dutifully come back every single time. Really? I mean, and when you put the lights on, you could see the wall. Ah. <laughs> it was just bouncing it off the wall at the end of the corridor. That's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And plus, uh, there's all the times when, the, when the, the floors are actually angled, so you're going uphill with the ball. And then well, sure, I mean, you know, there are many... Too. <laughs> well, there are many, you know, of our older buildings in the UK where the floor, if you walk from one end of the corridor to the other, it's like being on a ship at sea. Yeah. Because the floors are so uneven. You know, they've been there 500 years. Why wouldn't they be? And right. the boards are all warped and twisted. And you couldn't roll a ball down that corridor in a straight line if you tried. You couldn't walk down it in a straight line if you tried in most occasions. That's because, you, know, uh, you know, people just want to believe so badly that they'll accept it. Well, each, each to their own. And, of course, we can't disprove the existence of ghosts. And, no, we, we but we certainly can't prove it by rolling balls up and down corridors mm-hmm. or cat toys or or these these crazy radios. Yeah. Like I said, steampunk. And, my favorite line of all time is from Downton Abbey. You know, and they ask her, uh, uh, don't you think uh, that the, the uh, ghosts... Uh, don't you believe in ghosts when they were playing the Ouija board? And she and uh, she says, "I do, but I don't think they play games." <laughs> so it's it's kind of like that thing. It's like, why would they play a game? Why would they roll the ball? Why would they play with a I'm, cat? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little nauseous at the moment because um, in the background I've got the television set on with the sound muted, and there's okay, a program. There's a program that I started to watch just before we came on air, and it's all about mm-hmm. saving money. And people are sort of texting in their tips on how to save money in the cost of living crisis. Oh, that's and cool. Just, well, yeah. <laughs> until the last tip just flashed up on the screen. Oh, no. Oh, no. I saved £77 a year on toilet paper by using rags, which I then wash in the washing machine. Ah! <laughs> I'd rather spend the seventy-seven pounds. Now, thank God we have pumpkin uh, toilet paper. Really? Pumpkin spice toilet paper. Yeah, there you go. Oh God, my wife made pumpkin pumpkin pie for the first time the other day. Really? How did it come up? I don't know. I'm not going to eat it. You're not going to eat it? No. Why? I want to know why. Um. You wouldn't even try a sliver to make her happy? Put a smile no. on that young lady's face? I would do anything to put a smile on, on my wife's face, except eat pumpkin pie. I can't stand the stuff. How do you know if you never tried it? Well, I have tried it in the past. And just okay. Don't like it. All right. Horrible. All right. That's fair enough. It's the wrong it the color. It tastes horrible. Oh, dear. But weirdly, you know, I like nutmeg and cinnamon, which basically is all it tastes of anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a Christmassy flavour. 
The, I mean, I don't like pumpkin pie myself. I prefer a squash pie, which is has a better taste to it, actually. Much yeah, better. You know, I mean, the flavor of pumpkin spice, even the smell of it, just reminds me, you know, it's, it's a Christmas aroma. Remind you of Stephen Scott? <laughs> that might have something to do with it. <laughs> All right, we got a minute. We got to wrap it up. But, so, anyways, yep. Yeah, as I said to Dylan before he set off for the Americas, you know, there is nothing over here that isn't pumpkin spice flavored or scented mm. at Halloween except gasoline. And he sent me um, a photograph earlier today of pumpkin spice blowjob flavoring. Oh my God. Okay, there you go. We yeah. got to go. Anyways, uh, you know, I, we have sad news, of course. The, the uh, teller of curious tales has moved on to a better place. So He might be back. I was thinking about advertising for a new teller. Well, we, we might need one because I've got the scripts again. Okay, we got to go. Anyways, with Cyber Seconds, stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojinet. Good night, everyone. God bless. And Good night. You've survived another one. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.